Welcome to Knights Around the Table, a show where the Knights of Columbus, Fulton J. Sheen, Council 7612, sit around the WSJF studio conference table and discuss their involvement and contributions to the St. Joseph community and the areas around Sykesville and Eldersburg. Here's the host of the show, Eric Klazer. Hello, we are the Knights of Columbus of Fulton J. Sheen, 7612, and this is Knights Around the Table. This show is designed to demonstrate to the community who the Knights are and how we integrate with St. Joseph community. Let's start with the Lord's Prayer. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Amen. Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. That's what the knights do. We love to pray, that is for sure. So I am uh, Deputy Grand Knight Al Grassley, filling in for Eric Kleiser, a past Grand Knight, who usually hosts this show. And I'm here today with, well, we'll go around the table, but the table is very small today because we only have a couple nights. So, actually, we only have, well, we got two nights, I guess, but we have, uh, go ahead. Hi, this is Rich Perron, and I'm the chancellor of the Council 7612, but I'm also filling in as a lecturer, um, which has a very particular place in the council. Welcome aboard, Rich. <laughs> and then we have our special guest tonight, Father Patrick. Hey there, good to be with you, your uh, newest fourth degree knight, the newest member of the council. Well, congratulations, Thank Father. You. Really? Thank you. I never know. Fourth degree, congratulations. Yeah, exactly. we'll, yeah, we'll get to uh, we'll get some interesting questions from Father Patrick in a moment. And sure. then, of course, uh, Danny Gallagher, engineer, I guess he's a knight. Why don't you come to some more meetings, Danny? Maybe we, maybe we could associate you with being a knight. Yes. Thank you for being here tonight, Danny. We appreciate it. So... I'm going to go down through uh, some council news before we start getting into the into the meat of the show. Uh, we had a very successful Oktoberfest, which was in October, and we have already secured a date, I think, for Oktoberfest 2024, but we're not supposed to talk about old events or upcoming events. We're just supposed to talk about December. So I'm going to give a shout-out to Tom Gruel and the Oktoberfest committee. We had a great night. Awesome. Live music. The food was very good. Oh, very good. Lots of activities. I'm looking forward to next year. Like I said, we've uh, secured a date, hopefully, and the plans are already being uh, ongoing for next year. And starting, uh, our Christmas card sales are going on. I don't think it's Christmas yet, even though we're talking about December. But uh, it started they, early. <laughs> started early. Uh, they started uh, November 18th, 19th on weekend masses. The Knights are selling Christmas cards after mass. This will continue well into December as long as we have supplies. Well, supplies last, I should say. <laughs> Uh, this isn't just for Catholics. This is for everyone in the community. You can't find Christmas cards, Advent wreaths, and Christmas-themed Advent calendars in Walmart or other local shops anymore. So shop at St. Joe's and get your Christmas supplies. Also, we're having a stocking stuffer raffle. If you uh, have some co-workers that you'd like to give a Christmas card to or... So my boss always used to give me scratch-offs. It was like 5 or $6 a scratch-off. And, you know, it's over in an instant. <laughs> but if you buy a Knights stocking stuffer uh, raffle ticket, it's $10, and the person you give this raffle ticket to will be able to play it for the whole month of January, hmm. which is the pick three number evenings in Maryland 
every night, January. It's actually great. I'm looking forward to giving it to my couple of my co-workers, along with like a little piece of coal for the ones that, uh, <laughs> that cause me nothing but trouble. Okay, and we have some home Ravens games in December, uh, December 10th. Uh, and December 31st, if you'd like to participate or get your organization involved, we always have room for other people to volunteer. You can contact, <laughs> at, contact us at 7612kofc at gmail.com. I got to take a break. Rich, why don't you hit me with something <laughs> before we interview Father Patrick? <laughs> hey, I don't know if you know, but we've got some really good news. As you know, we're, we're known as the Archbishop Fulton Sheen Consul. And there's been some really good news recently about uh, Archbishop Sheen. His um, path to becoming a saint uh, has just been renewed. Uh, in 2019, he, when he was beatified, which means there's a four-step process to becoming a saint. First, you have to be, uh, the paperwork has to be put forward. It's called beatification. Then you, he's now called a servant of God. And when the case is presented... It has to be documented, and once it's all documented, he's called the Venerable uh, Archbishop Sheen. And uh, it must include a miracle, and a miracle has to be verified. But um, then he moves on to step number four when he goes on to canonization, which is done, of course, by the Pope. But then a second miracle has to occur. So that that's a long process, but in 2019, the process was halted with Archbishop Sheen because of the fact that for five years he was the uh, bishop of the Rochester uh, diocese, and um, there there had to be there was some turmoil going on there, uh, as there are in a lot of parishes, a lot of dioceses. And what happened is the um, he got there and he's there five years and he got things pretty well cleaned up, but the diocese had to file bankruptcy. So um, the attorney general of the state got involved, and therefore they halted the, per, the process for beatification just in case something might come out of it. But it, it's all been cleared. The, say, the saying now is clean, uh, Sheen is clean. Sheen is clean, yeah. And uh, all the paperwork has moved forward, and they're just waiting for the official announcement from the Attorney General from the state of New York, and then the paperwork will go to uh, the Vatican for the Pope, because it has been announced that there was a second miracle attributed. That's uh, awesome. To Archbishop Sheen. So very soon, uh, maybe before the end of the year. That'd be great. We'll have a saint, Archbishop Fulton Sheen. That's awesome. I uh, That's where I grew up, Rochester. Rochester, yeah, New York. So, okay. uh, that's, my, that, that's the reason why I stuck you, with this council. You weren't there when he was uh, <laughs> Well, when was that? I mean, I don't think I'm that old. Was that no, the 50s? No, so, no it, was, it was in the 70s, I believe. 70s? I yeah. Was, yeah, I was there. I was okay, there. Well, I was. I mean, I, would, I didn't know what was going on. Well, My parents were dragging me to church, and then they were dragging me out out of church. Yeah, well, right in the middle of it. Yeah, you know, kicking so. and screaming. <laughs> but I was there. But anyhow, so that's the good news. So we we're looking to have Saint Archbishop Fulton Sheen. Will we change mm-hmm. our council name if we do that? Uh, we'll, we'll change it to Saint uh, Fulton Sheen. Okay. Sheen, I guess. All right. I that, would think that'd be cool. But the the headquarters, KFC headquarters, will let us know for sure. That'd be good. That'd be good. All right. Thank you, Rich. In an effort to encourage all Catholic men to become knights, each show we feature a knight to tell us a bit about himself and why he became the Knight of Columbus. And here at St. Joe's, 
Uh, tonight, we're super honored to have one of our newest guests. By the way, you actually transferred to 7612. You have transferred, right? Yes. I have. And St. Joe's newest priest, we are pleased to have Father Patrick McCain. Mm-hmm. Father, welcome to St. Joe's and welcome to 7612. Thank you. So thank you. Well, first of all, thanks for joining us. Sure. I know you're a busy man trying to get uh, acclimated with the church and everything sure. and, and what we do here. Thanks. Good so, to be here. Yeah. So... Um, I was wondering if you actually became a knight before you became a priest, or did yeah. the knight membership come in with the ordination day? Was mm-hmm. that like in a card somewhere or something? Yeah. Like, hey, congratulations on yeah, your right. ordination. Yeah. <laughs> You're now a member of the knights. <laughs> no, no, no. That, that was uh, actually years before years before I went to seminary. Um, so, so having to do the degrees one at a time, not, not the, the three combined, right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, after college, I moved to Jacksonville, Florida, and lived and worked there for about six years, and that's where I really grew in the faith. I uh, became a Catholic my my last year of college, just a weekend or two before graduation, and so uh, when I got to Florida, tried to get active in a, a you know it takes time to find your home parish right and to um, to get acclimated there, um, and there was a man Dick Eckhoff and and Dick hounded me every time he saw me at mass he'd say do the paperwork do the paperwork come to a meeting come on do this and uh, finally I gave in. And uh, I, 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 it was just persistence, you know, right? We, we need those people, right? Wearing you down, right? Mm-hmm, absolutely. And he was, a, yeah, he was a good man. He was active. But I thought, you know, I'm working, I'm dating, I'm doing all these things. And, and when am I going to find time for this? And, and, and so I just had to make time for it, right? So um, I don't remember exactly. It must have been over the course of a year, a year and a half that I, I made those first three degrees. Uh, but then I, I um, ended up, uh, I, you know, the fourth degree just never came around at a convenient time. And so I ended up going to seminary before that happened. And none of my... Seminaries had a Knights Council. Um, the last four years of seminary were in Rome, so there was no chance of, of doing it there. And so um, I thought, well, I'll get to it eventually. And <laughs> and uh, so here we are. You know, the last few years as a priest in Texas, I I never did. Um, I never got to spend that much time with the Knights, but they also weren't quite as active at my last parish as they are here. Yeah, so, we're a little uh, active, I would yeah. say. Yeah, yeah, we we got uh, mm-hmm. both we got, ends of the candle lit. Yes, for <laughs> sure, right, yeah. for sure. Well, that's good. Well, it's nice to see you at the meetings. Thanks. Um, I really appreciate that. So, was there anything during the nights that um, made you think, you know, maybe I should become a priest? Maybe I should go the mm-hmm. full uh, nine yards or something like that? Was there one thing? Well, that, that, that's a good question. I, um, you know, so I, I was involved in social services for the last four years, uh, working with the elderly and then with homeless kids, and and so I, I've always wanted to help people, and and that was, you know, I enjoyed that work. It was good work. You kind of take your work home with you. You know, there's a lot of emotional baggage with that, but but I enjoyed that, and so and and then being re-energized at, at church and trying to to find my place and whatever the lay ministries were. Um, not sure that I really ever found my place in any of those ministries, um, but the the nights it, it was interesting. Um, the council I was a part of before was very heavy on on the the older side, right? And many councils are, but uh, now this one has a good mix, I think, of 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 uh, young and, and middle aged folks as well. But um, but but no, I I don't know that anyone there actually encouraged me to be a priest. But there was just this tug on my spiritual sleeve that um, I thought, well. I'll just go to seminary to get it out of my system. And so that, that's what I did. And, uh, you know, looking back, I'm sure that if I really thought about this, I would be able to see, uh, see the spirit moving and, and prompting me through, um, through my activity with the Knights. But, um, but I'm sure, I, I guess it's sort of this remote preparation for, for priesthood. 
Cool. Well, here's the big question. When you decided to go to Mm -hmm. seminary school, did your Mm -hmm. council back you with some money? (laughs) (laughs) They did not, actually. They did not. Other councils did eventually, yeah, but they did not. Really? Yeah, I I don't know if we had too many seminarians or or what. I also ended up changing dioceses in the middle, which is good, because had I not, I wouldn't be here with you tonight. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, we really really like you here. We appreciate you you being here. Yeah, I appreciate that. So uh, besides... um, uh, the fellowship and the uh, spiritual tug, or is there anything else that you really enjoy about the Knights of Columbus? Well, I, I think, you, you know, there's a lack of uh, fraternity among men in general these days in our culture, right? Agreed. And, and so we need each other. We really do. And, uh, I mean, everyone has friends, and, and certainly in church, you know, we make friends who are closer to, to this couple, this family, or, or, or that. But but in the nights, it, it, it's nice to come together, and we can all be so different that uh, really the only thing that holds us together is that we all love Jesus, you know, because yeah. we can all have different preferences and, and different ideas and, and different backgrounds and so forth, but that we come together for a common purpose. And, and so we all pitch in for the Oktoberfest. We all pitch in for this or that uh, charity event um, or, or to do this or that thing at church or for the church. The new chalices are beautiful. So, yeah. um, so it's good yeah. to come together and, and raise money, to give our own money, to uh, support these projects. Okay. All right. I'm trying to think. Rich, you got any other questions? I thought was the most I want. No, ask. well, I, I think the point he hit is that um, uh, the men can come together and feel comfortable mm-hmm. uh, with each other. It's just like if you went to, uh, uh, let's say, a bar and you mentioned a bunch of guys that are Ravens fans, well, you have a communication there and you all agree. Well, you know, we, we've had the same feeling here with the Knights uh, when you're amongst other guys who think mm-hmm. the way you do. Yeah, I would say, mm-hmm. right, when right. we get together... Right. Um, and you feel comfortable about talking about About religion. Jesus, yeah, about, exactly. sure. yeah, yeah. about your kids, uh, sure. about yeah. doing doing yeah. some things good for the parish, you won't that's get ridiculed. Right. Sometimes if right. you're out in the real world, you get ridiculed. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, you know, that's where you have to be a little tough-skinned. That's yes. right. Yeah. right? right. That's yeah. what makes you a Catholic. Yeah. Yeah. A good Catholic. Good yeah. Catholic. So, yeah. yeah, I would say the two we're, we're brothers, as uh, mm-hmm. hitting on to uh, Father Patrick's thing there, you know, we're very different. We're all very yeah. different. Right. And uh, there are some uh, uh, arguments through sure. the meeting, right. uh, but it's all, it's it's left at the meeting. Everybody's uh, happy to see everybody after That's that. Right. So. Yeah. yeah, you know, vulnerability is something that a lot of us aren't good at, right? And, and we've got to have that time that, that uh, people need to feel comfortable and, and, and in these not just in the meetings, but what happens before the meetings, the fellowship, and then after the meetings, this 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 coming together and being able to say to each other whatever we need to, whatever we, you know, when, when there's an issue, when there's a problem, when there's a question, when we need help, you know, mm-hmm. that, that we can go to each other and and, um, and and get what we need, get the time we need, get the support we need, not to overlook that, the, uh, the, the vulnerability aspect. Good. Gotcha. Uh, right. Yeah, so another, another thing that uh, Danny just brought up is accountability, right? We can... Mm-hmm. Uh, Hey, if we got uh, problems, we could say, hey, mm-hmm. maybe you should stop doing that. Sure. Right. That's and, right. Uh, you know, maybe yeah. somebody will take that. Sometimes if you say that to uh, a coworker or somebody else, they would take it the wrong way. But here it would be like, hey, he's a, he's a brother knight. He's, he's looking out for my soul. Right. Um, That's right. I don't want to say we, we all come together with a kumbaya, but if somebody says, hey, you should stop doing that mm-hmm. uh, another night, it's, it's good to know. Mm-hmm. So uh, a personal question. Sure. How, Tell me about your family. I really don't know too much sure. about you. I think I missed the bulletin when you wrote that uh, ten-page sure. yeah, right. introduction. Well, I missed know, that. We so, know who uh, Lucy is. <laughs> yeah, I know who the yeah, dog yeah, is. That's right. That's the right. Yeah. So, uh, why don't you tell me a little bit about your sure. family? Absolutely. So, I, I uh, uh, grew up in South Georgia, and um, in the '90s, everyone in South Georgia was uh, Southern Baptist. So, I grew up in a Baptist family. 
pretty much everyone has passed away, had passed away actually from an early age. But uh, so it's just my my mother and uh, her mother and my sister, who's two and a half years younger. Uh, Paige and her husband have four kids, one boy and four. I'm sorry, one boy and three girls and uh, ranging from 10 to 14. The last two are twins. So Mm. they just turned uh, 10 last month. Um, They are all still Baptist. And so. Um, it, it, it's funny, I, my, my grandparents, I think because of them, I've always taken faith seriously. They always made sure that we were in church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, vacation Bible school, whatever it was. If the doors were open, we were there. And, and that really, uh, that took with me. And I think the relationship I had with my grandfather made a difference there. And so um, in middle school, I came across the Book of Common Prayer, which is the lit- liturgy for the Episcopal Church. And uh, I loved it. I, it. It taught me how to pray. And no one else did. Um, I'm sure they tried and, and, and thought, you know, but, but, but this book more than anything really influenced me. And so my, um, mostly my grandmother, she would take me to the Episcopal Church. I think she was just happy I wanted to go to church in middle school and high school, right? And, um, and so, you know, the Baptists, I always say the Baptists taught me to love the Bible. And then the Episcopal Church, they're really big on liturgy, good liturgy, good music, uh, the preaching, all these other things. And, and I, so I said, the Baptists taught me to love the Bible. The Episcopalians taught me to love the liturgy. And, and I think those two things together, um, when I went to college, that was the first place that I met Catholics. I didn't know any Catholics. Oh, there, wow. are, there were no Catholics in Georgia in the 1990s. Wow. You know, maybe migrant workers, but in terms of, of uh, you know, families who, who lived there all the time and who, who had been raised there, very, very few Catholics. So in uh, meeting them. You know, and talking to them, I, I found out that Catholics don't worship Mary, and Catholics don't think the Pope is perfect, and Catholics, you know, they're not um, weird. You know, if I can say that, you know, they can be ordinary, normal people who have you know good values and who work hard, and, and you know, just like any other American, right? And um, and and so so that was good. And but but looking back, I I was still you know I wasn't. I leaned Catholic, but I wasn't actually Catholic, right? And so, um, but it was so funny talking to my friends. For my Catholic friends, I was still too Protestant. And then for my Protestant friends, I was way too Catholic, you know? <laughs> and, um, and and I, I just didn't fit in anywhere. And in and, and the Episcopal Church, I mean, they don't care. They, they, they didn't care at the time. They're just happy to have me there. So I had this freedom, right, to, to explore and to learn and to grow and, and to pray and to find, uh, to find what fit. And so very grateful for that. I don't know. I really don't think I could have gone from being a Baptist to being a Catholic. And so it was good to have that watering hole in the Episcopal Church. Very grateful for that time. That's awesome. Yeah. It is. That's, that's a very yeah. unusual road. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yep. And I was the only one to take it. Where, so where, where'd you go to school? Yes, right. For okay. college. So after, after graduating high school, I went to Wofford College in Spartanburg, South Carolina. It's a small liberal arts school. Very small. I, they might have 16, 1,700 kids now. And uh, so that was good. Studied history and sociology, and uh, I, I thought I wanted to. At first, I thought about law school, but then I thought, no, 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 I want to teach. But uh, I, you know, I graduated during the Great Recession or right after, and so the first jobs I could find were in, in uh, marketing, which got me into healthcare marketing, which got me into social services. So settled there and um, started. Got halfway through a, a master's in public administration at the University of North Florida in Jacksonville, and uh, but by that time, discernment was serious. And uh, I, I left for seminary thinking, I'll do this for a year or two, decide it's not for me, come back, finish the MPA, and, and go back to work in, in the nonprofit sector. But uh, here we are. 
Still working yeah. in the nonprofit wow. center, I guess. All right, that's Still awesome. doing social services, too. Yeah. There you that's go. Right. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. awesome. That's Thanks. an awesome story. Thank you for sharing us, uh, sure. sharing that with that's us. Absolutely. Yeah. Mostly greatly appreciated. Yeah. All right. We also have our Knights of Columbus party on December 17th, which is a Sunday afternoon from 1 to 4 and is open to all of St. Joseph's Catholic community. It is a family event, always a good time. Santa even comes with chances for pictures and gifts for the kids and for the old people like myself. I'm really, really <laughs> looking forward to that. No reservation is needed. Just come on out. You will see it being advertised throughout the month of December. And that is it. Now we're going to go to our lecturer's report. Our 7612 Chancellor, Rich Perron, doubles as our lecturer. If I could just say that word, I'd be in good shape. Uh, in our regular business meetings, he presents informative items to the meeting. Rich, what fun facts do you have, have for us some tonight? some good stuff to you tonight, yeah. Okay. As a matter of fact, your father mentioned he went to a small school. I did too at a high school that the, the in and out door was only one door. That's how small the school was. Perfect. So in other words, you know, if the people think about, they think of the Knights of Columbus, they usually just say, well, these guys are either in, in chapeaus and sores or they're out giving away Tootsie Rolls. And that's all they know about the Knights of Columbus. But here's some of the, one of the things the Knights of Columbus did in 1951. The Knights of Columbus embarked on a, on a project, and they funded the whole project, were the uh, archive documents that were in the Vatican. Uh, they were very old and very fragile. So uh, the Knights funded the whole project, and they turned nine and a half million documents into microfish for storage in the uh, St. Louis Museum, uh, Catholic Uni St. Louis University Museum for Preservation. That was so, a big thing. I remember uh, doing going to the public library and using the microfiche. Right. I thought that was the coolest thing. Yeah, uh, it was. It was the knights who who funded that whole project. Yeah. Well, wow. I mean, I, not at that museum, but I mean, like in the other public library, right. when it became more more uh, acceptable right. and more used, general right. general use. So, so I just thought you like that. A lot of people, you know, don't know exactly what the knights do, other than you know, say play bingo and eat. <laughs> we <laughs> we, do, we do other things too. We do a lot of stuff for sure. But one of the other things I don't think many people know that the uh, everybody had heard the Vietnam Memorial, and it's been around for a long time. But a lot of people don't understand that the Vietnam Memorial was does not have a not a single dollar of public or government money in it. Hmm. It's all private funded. Um, the government donated the property, but the guy who founded it was a man named Jan Suggs. And he was wounded and decorated Vietnam uh, veteran. And when he can't got out, he said something should be done for all the guys that served over there. So with 2,800 bucks of his own money, he started raising money. And he uh, talked to corporations, unions, schools, uh, private donors. And uh, that's how the uh, memorial was built. And it was $8.5 million, all private money. It would cost a billion dollars now to do something like that. <laughs> it would <laughs> well, be ridiculous. If, if, yeah. if it were funded by the government, it would be over cost, and then we'd still be waiting for it to be finished. True. That's but true. anyhow, I did, thought you'd like to know that. Well, thank you so much, Rich. All right. I'm going to just close it up right here. If you want to become a member of the Knights of Columbus, send an email to 7612kofc at gmail.com. We would love to have every Catholic man in Eldersburg and Sykesville to become a member. We're a very active council. You can always keep up with the Knights of Columbus events at our website, which is totally opposite from the email, kofc7612.org. Listen, I'm going to be the Grand Knight next year. I'm going to fix that. They're going to both be the same thing, okay? <laughs> please check it out. Uh, emails are right there on the website. And if you have any questions from today's show, uh, please email one of us. 
Uh, I'm filling in for past Grand Knight Eric Kleiser, and uh, for the nights around a very small table here with Rich and Father Patrick, we thank you for joining us. Thank you all. Thank you. We'd like to thank Faith FM 92.7 for allowing this time and space to put this show together. Thank you, Dan. Thanks for listening to this edition of Nights Around the Table. We look forward to the next conversation about who the Knights are and what they're up to. Thanks to WSJF for broadcasting the show and Molly Klazer for her tireless engineering support. We'll see you next time. <laughs>